five, four, three, two. This is the Come On Network podcast. Come On Network, it's on the come up for sure. The best Pittsburgh-based podcast available. Is that so? If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I, I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton FNA. professional sports field. The Steelers are going to win it. Welcome to Super Wild Card Weekend, as the NFL is putting it. The Pittsburgh Steelers end the year 12-4 and in the regular season. They will battle the Cleveland Browns. It's part three of the saga between these two teams in 2020. And it is for a berth in the division round of the AFC playoffs. Hello and welcome to episode number 50 of the Come On Network podcast and our latest Steelers preview. Thanks for tuning in and always thanks for the subscribes and for your ratings and reviews on our various podcast platforms. You can find us on various platforms including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor and many more. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's at Come On C O M O N N E T W O R K on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us on the web at ComeOn.network. There you can find blog stories, features, columns, hot takes, the podcast episodes. You can learn more about our team and more, including shopping our merch collection that is here now at ComeOn.network backslash store. The usual cast is with you: myself, Kyle Dawson, alongside Donnie Chedrick, Jack Hillgrove, Joe Smeltzer. We're going to talk about this game in pretty good detail. We'll be joined by John Silviti later. He is a Waynesburg University graduate, a friend of ours, and a lifelong Browns fan that we've been eyeing to get on to talk about the Browns. So John will join us a little bit later on in episode 50 of the podcast, and we will also a little bit later on take a uh, kind of a broader picture look at Wild Card Weekend and the six Wild Card games that are due set for the NFL schedule this weekend three on Saturday, three on Sunday, but we want to focus on this Steelers game first. Steelers-Browns 
part three after 24-22 Browns win that allowed the Browns to clinch the playoffs for the first time since the 2002-03 season. That was a comeback win for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Chris Fumata Atafala with the touchdown to put the Steelers ahead and the Steelers end up winning that game by three points. Uh, we've got some video of that on our social media platform, so check that out. But guys, let's break this game down a little bit. Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, uh, they'll meet for the first time in the playoffs in 18 years. The first time in a few years that we get to experience playoff football in Pittsburgh. It's the first time in a high school senior's life they get to experience playoff football in Cleveland. I don't know if we get the classic that we got that you mentioned, Dawson, back in January of 2003, which, by the way, if nobody knows, I was at that game, and so was Joe's mom that I found out earlier this week. Uh, but weird things happen in the playoffs. Uh, did we envision the Steelers beating the Colts back in 2005? I didn't going into that game. Did anyone envision the Titans ending Tom Brady's tenure in New England or Lamar Jackson's MVP season last year? I would say most likely not to both of those. Anything can happen here. The Steelers are favored. They should be favored uh, with everything going on with the Browns this week. Uh, they should be favored somewhat heavily, especially for a playoff game. But you never know what can happen. You know, weird things can occur on Sunday night, but let's just hope they're in the Steelers' favor. We are not going to get an instant classic Sunday night, I'm sorry to say. Um, I hope that we do. It's always better as a football fan when a game is interesting as opposed to what I think is more realistic in this game that's going to be kind of dull. Um, but the Steelers, it would be an absolute atrocity if they lost this game, to be quite frank. Between Cleveland missing an all-pro offensive lineman, which we'll discuss later on, missing its head coach, Kevin Stefanski, not really being able to practice much at all for the past two weeks, not having many players who have been to the playoffs before, and, oh, by the way, almost losing to the Steelers' B-team, B-team, go, go, go last Sunday. This is a perfect setup for the Steelers to get their first playoff win in almost four years. I know this team has a lot of flaws. It seems a lot of Steeler Nation has forgotten about those flaws because of one good quarter against Indianapolis, but I don't think those issues will lead to a face plant this weekend, which is what it's going to take for the Steelers to lose to the Browns. I think for the Steelers to lose, they'll have to face plant. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, Olivier Vernon, obviously a big part of their defense, is not going to be able to go. And perhaps the biggest uh, absence is going to be their offensive play caller, the sole reason almost uh, that this Browns team made the playoffs and Kevin Stefanski. Uh, this was virtually the same roster a year ago that only won six games. And now a new head coach and a new GM later, they're 11-5 and five and uh, the sixth seed in the playoffs. I don't know what kind of impact Alex Van Pelt is going to have for this Browns offense. I mean, he is the offensive coordinator. That is his job title. But how much input has he had all season if Kevin Stefanski's being the one uh, that's called the plays all season long? Um, in a way, I hope he doesn't embarrass himself. I'm a pit guy, and Alex Van Pelt is one of uh, probably a top three quarterback in pit football history. But again, I'm a Steelers fan first, so... Uh, we, I definitely hope that the boys can take care of Alex Van Pelt and what he draws up with his play calling. But with that being said, I don't think that really matters a whole lot. I think Alex Van Pelt could call maybe even as good of a game as Kevin Stefanski has all season long because this is a Browns team last week that had Kevin Stefanski and only scored 24 points 
with no TJ Watt for the Steelers, with no Cam Hayward for the Steelers, and a limited uh, defensive line as well. I didn't think Tuitt played a whole lot. Minka Fitzpatrick was in there maybe a little bit more than he should have been, but I had to imagine that, you know, he was more focused on uh, saving his body for the game that mattered, and it was this one. I think uh, what's going to happen with Alex Highsmith will be very interesting. We talked about this on the reaction. He had his best game as a pro last week as the, against the Browns as the primary pass rusher for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if he can carry that momentum into this week with the uh, hopefully and tentatively the defensive player of the year in TJ Watt coming back to off rush off the other edge, that's going to be a nightmare for Baker Mayfield, especially with a banged up offensive line. Yeah, let's go through some of the numbers in terms of these teams to end the regular season offensively uh, for the two team totals. Total offense, Cleveland was 16th, Pittsburgh 25th in pass. Cleveland 24th, Pittsburgh 15th in the rush game, third for Cleveland and dead last for the Pittsburgh Steelers around 84 yards per game. Scoring the football, Cleveland was 14th, Pittsburgh was 12th, so both in the top half there. On third down offense, Cleveland 7th in the league versus Pittsburgh's 14th. It was 44.9% to 42.2% respectively on third down on the offensive side of the football. Over on the defensive side, Pittsburgh the third best total defense the third best pass defense, the 11th best rush defense, and the third best scoring defense. That goes with um, the fifth best third down defense. They only allow 37.4% of opponent first downs on third down. For Cleveland, 17th, 22nd, 9th, and 21st in total pass, rush, and scoring defense, and they allowed 43.9% of third downs to be converted That was 23rd in the league, so amongst the bottom third there for Cleveland in that. And in turnover margin, Cleveland was plus five. That's ninth in the league. Pittsburgh plus nine tied for third. Injury-wise, Chris Boswell looks like he'll be back, but there is no firm decision on that. Steven Nelson should be back. Terrell Edmonds should be back. Tyson Alulu and Vince Williams were on the injury report early in this week, but they are full participants as of Thursday. Something to keep an eye on. Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice on Thursday with a knee, uh, but he's been on the injury report early in weeks, pretty much all year with a knee thing. And then Isaiah Bugs was down with an illness today as we record this on Thursday. So that is one to keep in mind as well. Eric Ebron and... Cassius Marsh have been activated off COVID reserve. Joe Hayden will miss the game for Cleveland. Jack Conklin, MJ Stewart, Wyatt Teller, and JC Treader were limited on Thursday in practice. These are estimates, by the way, because Cleveland has not been able to practice as a team yet this week. Donovan Peoples-Jones, they're estimating would have been a DNP today with the concussion that he suffered in the game on Sunday. Nick Harris, uh, who you'll hear John Silviti mention a little bit later, uh, has been placed on IR. He probably would have started in place of Joel Batonio, who is out as one of the four players, uh, kind of significant players that we know for fact will miss the game for the Browns on the COVID list. Joel Batonio, Kaderil Hodge, the wide receiver, uh, Montreal Meander, the linebacker, and then Ronnie Harrison, the safety, are all out, as well as a couple of coaches, including head coach Kevin Stefanski. Like Jack mentioned, Andrew Sandejo has been activated from the COVID list, and the Browns probably will be getting back, or at least they're hopeful to get back Denzel Ward uh, as well. And, and I'm with Joe 
in terms of, of this matchup, I think that the Steelers would have to face plant to lose this football game. And I, I don't think it's because the Browns are a bad football team. I think the Browns are a good football team, but I think the difference in this game it could be Joel Batonio being out. And we talked about this with John Silvedi, and I think this is a huge talking point about this game is the left guard, the starting left guard, who has allowed one sack and over 1,000 offensive snaps played this year. I mean, this guy's a pro bowler. He is a stud on that Cleveland offensive line. And the Steelers were able to get, we talked about this in reaction, were able to get to Baker Mayfield last week four times with Batonio playing, with Treader playing with other guys like Wyatt Teller playing and the other uh, players on that offensive line, uh, including Jedrick Wills for the Cleveland Browns. All those guys played last week, and it was a shell of the defensive line that they're going to see this week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. T.J. Watt back, Cam Hayward back, uh, a full dosage of Tyson Alualu and Stephon Tewitt, as well as Alex Highsmith on the other side. And it looks like the Steelers might be able to get back Robert Spillane, which could help them uh, not only in the run game, but potentially trying to get to the quarterback as well, along with Avery Williamson and, and Vince Williams uh, from the middle linebacker position. I, I think that's just a huge talking point in this game. Baker has never played in a playoff game. I want to see what Baker is able to do in a playoff game when the pressure's on, on the road. Now, granted, there's not going to be 60, 60 to 70,000 Steeler fans in, in the stadium to make this a true playoff atmosphere, but it's still the playoffs. It's still uh, everything is magnified. Every little thing about the football game is that much more important this week because it's win or go home. And Baker Mayfield hasn't really played in this type of game yet. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns in, in his career. So this is obviously a very important test for Baker May Mayfield. I think we'll see a heavy dosage of Nick Chubb. I thought they held him back a little bit last week, 14 for 108. I believe it was on the ground for Chubb. And Kareem Hunt will obviously be a factor as well. Jarvis Landry, if he's able to get onto the field and it all counts are he will be able to do that. And, and the other receivers are playmakers for this team. The offense is good. The defense is a little bit suspect for the Cleveland Browns. Mason Rudolph torched him for 315 last week. Now, granted, there were some linebackers out. There were some secondary players out for the Cleveland Browns, and they'll get some of those guys back. But this is still, I think, a defense that, that the Steelers can go after a little bit and have some success against if Ben Roethlisberger returns to the form earlier in the season or in that third quarter, that 10-minute stretch that Joe was talking about against the Indianapolis Colts. The only problem I have with with being overly confident and being to the point maybe where all of us were in the Jacksonville game in 2017, the last time we saw the Steelers play in the playoffs, is that just as much as I think Cleveland will go out and face plant without its head coach and with all these injuries and with the COVID uh, dealings that they're having right now, I'm just as, as convinced that we could watch the Steelers go out and lay an egg like they have a couple of times over the last month and a half. So that's obviously very important. I think a good start for the Steelers is probably extremely important as well as we head towards this wild card game. Let's uh, switch over. We're going to combine our X factors of the game as well as our keys to this game for either team. I might not be the only guy to go with this group, but my key is the Steelers pass rush. <clears throat> These guys should feast on Sunday night. Four sacks last week without the two best guys uh, in the pass rush, that being Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith showed a lot of promise matching up well with the first round left tackle Jedrick Wills. And my X factor is Cam Hayward. Uh, Joel Batonio is out. Uh, 
probably the best Browns offensive lineman at this point. Uh, Joe Thomas hasn't been there in a few years, so it's Batonio uh, that anchors that offensive line. He's also the longest tenured Brown being there since 2014. The backup guard is out too. So Cam Hayward and, and possibly Tyson Alualu will be facing a third string guy who uh, was probably a practice squad guy earlier this season. Uh, those guys should really have a field day with that. Hayward didn't play on Sunday afternoon, but he should have a very big game on Sunday night. Batonio, Batonio, wherefore art thou Batonio? Maker Bayfield is going to miss Batonio Sunday night greatly, and my key is for the Steelers to put Maker Bayfield on his ass. They did it four times last Sunday. That was without TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. Now those two are playing. Batonio is not, so I expect, suspect that to be a problem for the man who wakes up in a dangerous mood. The Seawars don't have to knock Baker around to win this game necessarily because I think they just have so many advantages right now that no one thing needs to be done for the Steelers to win. But in the words of Matthew McConaughey, it'd be a lot cooler if they did. <laughs> um, <laughs> my key for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week is to, to limit turnovers, limit mistakes. I don't have a lot of faith still in this run offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one of my key headlines going into this week on the reaction episode of last week's matchup with the Browns was how much is the rest going to help Ben Roethlisberger? We're going to find that out. Hopefully for the arm and for you know the, the way that he's been conducting the offense, uh, it helps, but also in limiting the interceptions. And Joe, I think it was, uh, the Buffalo game, uh, one of the games that the Steelers lost, Buffalo or uh, Cincinnati, I think it was Buffalo. Either way, uh, your key was no turnovers near the end, and the Steelers committed that turnover and then ultimately cost them uh, the matchup. So hopefully the Steelers can limit the mistakes this week. Uh, I don't think it'll take zero turnovers to win this football game, but you don't want to definitely, you don't want to turn it over two or three times against these Browns and give Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb the opportunity to run the football and Baker Mayfield, who, I mean, despite him not playing in a playoff game, has been playing pretty well. Um, you don't want him the opportunity to go down the field any more than he has to. That's my key limit the turnovers and my X factor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, boy, if I had to pick, I was going to go with one offense, one defense. And Donnie kind of stole my thunder with Cam Hayward. So I'll stick with offensively. I'll go with Big Ben. Uh, how much did the rest help him? How much did that week off help his arm, help his elbow, help his uh, ability to maybe, you know, he could see the Browns differently watching on a TV screen versus, uh, you know, watching him head on. So we'll, we'll see what the week off did for Big Ben and some other guys, but especially, I mean, the game f flows through him. Uh, John Silviti later on when we ask him about his X factor, uh, he, he provides a similar response. So I'm going to go with Big Ben for my X factor. Yeah, I'm going to decide with John Silviti, and I guess I'm spoiling, spoiling it a little bit, but I'm going with Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, again, he's playing really good football. He has looked sharp. His throws are good on target throws. 
Uh, Baker is protecting the football for the most part. You're not going to see him take too many chances in the pass game, which I think is important for this Cleveland Browns team. But I'll go with Baker Mayfield as an X factor. In terms of keys, it's it's to, these guys have already said, get to Baker Mayfield if we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Play offense and don't be so predictable on offense. Take some shots downfield. Do a little bit of what you were doing last week. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger is out this week saying, well, the Cleveland Browns, they, they might not know who we are going to start at quarterback because we've got three guys that can do it. We all know Ben Roethlisberger is starting at quarterback. I don't know if we see any of, of Josh Dobbs in, in that special package that they were running a little bit last week. Uh, I wouldn't suspect that we'll see any of it, if any at all. Uh, but th- this offense obviously has to have a pretty good day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think the biggest key to this game is to get out to a good start. They can't fall behind seven or 14, nothing in a playoff game and expect people not to be going crazy and expect people on the sideline for that matter, not to be going crazy. I think a fast start's important, maybe even uh, considering points on the first drive is a a really important piece to this football game. That said, we're going to take a break. When we return, John Silviti will join us. He's a lifelong Browns fan, Waynesburg University graduate. Episode 50 of the Come On Network podcast continues. The Come On Network podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, be that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, or another. Listen to past episodes anytime you want, and don't forget to download episodes so they're available at your fingertips. We'd also appreciate a subscribe, rating, or review. You can find much more from the Come On Network on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. That's C-O-M-O-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K, Come On Network. And you can find us on the web at comeon.network for blog posts, podcast episodes, columns, hot takes, and more, including merch coming soon. And of course, as always, a thanks to Anchor, the best way to make a podcast. And now more of the Come On Network podcast. Back from break, it's episode 50 of the Come On Network podcast, our latest Steelers preview. We get you set for Wild Card Weekend. The Steelers and the Browns part three here in 2020 joined at this time by Waynesburg University graduate friend of ours, former football player at Waynesburg and a lifelong Browns fan. This guy is going to see his Brownies in the postseason for the first time in a long time. 2002-03, the last time, of course, we've already mentioned the Browns make the playoffs. Uh, John Silviti is our guest on the Come On Network podcast. Uh, First off, Viti, uh, great news for the Browns this year. It's been a long time coming, and, and it's it's the people like you, maybe not all the Browns fans, but the people like you, we feel good about uh, going to allow you guys to get the playoffs and, and to get a sniff of this. But even in this year, it's got to still feel really special, even though we're going into it with kind of a lot of uncertainty for the Browns this week. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's fun this year more than any year, obviously. For 20 years of misery, you know, we, we watched a lot of this, and – uh, I mean, growing up, I, I grew up in Youngstown, so, um, you know, everyone there is either a Steelers fan or a Browns fan, so I watched the Steelers as well growing up. Um, you know, not not my team, but great team to watch, and finally you get a chance as a Browns fan of everything that happened. It's COVID year, but they're 11-5. and five. They found their head coach, and I'd like to think I'm, I'm on the, the, the side that thinks that Baker Mayfield should stay and be a lifelong, you know, Browns quarterback, but We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I think most Browns fans, especially in the Cleveland area, we are excited. We're thrilled. You should see that the place is going crazy. 
John, do you have any memories from that playoff game back in January of 03? I know it's it might be a dark memory uh, for you as a Browns fan, but uh, it was the last time they made it to the postseason. I do. I, I actually I had a Kelly Holcomb jersey. Um, I did not. I I didn't get a, a Tim Couch jersey at the time. I actually liked Kelly Holcomb better. Uh, you know, and, and that is probably my most. I'd say that's my earliest memory of a Browns quarterback was actually Kelly Holcomb. So I had my number 10 Kelly Holcomb jersey on. I'm outside and all of our neighbors are Steeler fans and we're the only Browns family in the entire neighborhood. And I remember they were all packing it in early. They were pumped. They couldn't wait. And, uh, you know, us Browns fans were like, oh, my gosh, we're actually going to win this. And my dad was so pumped and they, they stuck around. I, I thought they were going to leave. And I just I couldn't believe it as, you know, they started to make that comeback. And I just remember my dad just getting angry. I don't really remember exactly what happened at the time, but I remember him saying, why are we still playing prevent defense? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. He was screaming. So I, obviously um, a couple of years ago, the Browns won in 15, 0 in 16. And normally when teams bounce back in short, uh, you know, several years later, two, three years, whatever it is, and make the playoffs, there's some stability there at the head coaching position and at the general manager position, but the Browns have since fired a head coach and fired a couple of GMs. So without that stability in the front office and still only three years later, being able to turn it around from the bottom of the league to 11 and five or or, I'm sorry, 10 and six or whatever it is and making the playoffs. What's been that catalyst for the Browns from your perspective as a fan that you think the Browns have been able to bounce back despite, you know, going still through coaching changes and GM changes. Uh, so I think when, when Hugh Jackson was there, um, you know, he always said that he didn't have the players, he didn't have the roster. So they got rid of Sashi Brown. They brought in John Dorsey originally from Kansas City who drafted Patrick Mahomes. And they said, we're going to build an awesome roster. And he – I'm not the biggest fan of John Dorsey, and there's a reason why he's not in Cleveland anymore, of course, but he did bring us pieces like Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. He brought in uh, Nick Chubb. You know, he, he, I think he has done a lot. Believe it or not, his last trade was Wyatt Teller, probably one of the better guards in the league at this point. I think once we built that roster, they made the mistake of bringing on Freddie Kitchens, but they knew right then and there they got the roster to do it. They got to bring the pieces in. And I think they were ready and they were hungry. And Andrew Barry's really smart. Um, you know, he's coming from the Paul D. Podesta kind of money ball, um, you know, mentality. And they got some good free agent pieces. And I, I really think – they had the roster. They needed a coach to put it together. And I think, you know, I always say Freddie's, Freddie Kitchen's air raid offense was not the same as Lincoln Riley's. You know what I'm saying? So I think Baker now is thriving in this, this Shanahan West Coast offense that it, it seems to be working. I think in early on it was tough, and now it really seems to be working. He's kind of getting the hang of it. Uh, John, this team had a 99% chance to make the playoffs a few weeks back, and they end up needing a win last week against the Steelers and it's because I mean there's some built-in excuse with the Jets game I'm not going to sit here and act like there's not an excuse there for the Browns uh, maybe teams don't want to, to listen to excuses but at the same time they go from basically a guarantee they're going to make the playoffs needing a win last week they play the backups for the Steelers and maybe there was some nervous energy there towards the end of the game take a, take us through the moment uh, for Browns fans because we all know what happened after 0 and 16 and their first win when Baker Mayfield comes in leads that win the bud light case is open everyone goes crazy in Cleveland but that couldn't have compared to the moment uh, that they clinched the playoffs last week I, I think Joel Petonia said it best um, you know they 
They didn't want to put the, the the ball in Baker's hands until the very, very tail end of the season. They never had a play of him running a quarterback power on a third down like that, especially third and one until the very end. And Stefanski calls it a Maserati because of, you know, Colin Coward talking about him on the show. And I think the moment was special because as, as, as a Browns fan of watching quarterback purgatory for 20 years and, you know, you, you saw last year's season with Baker – didn't go, you know, the way they wanted it to. The first half of the season was kind of shaky and they were a run first team and Baker was being called a game manager. And at the very end, what better way to go out and win it than to get a first down on a quarterback power. Baker keeps it, slides for the first down. It's a moment that, you know, just like the that Jets game when he came in and won it after not winning a game in over 600 days, that is a moment that I think Browns fans, including myself, it didn't matter that we were playing the Steelers backups. We knew we were playing the Steelers backups. It's not why we were excited. It's because a moment like that is something that we will never forget. Playoff berth, 18 years. I mean, that's that's something something to be said. John, is there an, any individual Browns player, if you could take any Browns player from 2004 to 2019 that didn't get the joy of making it to the playoffs and put them on this roster now, who would it be? I have somebody in mind that I think is a no-brainer, but I, I want to see what where you're thinking. JT, Joe Thomas, left tackle. I mean, that's that's my guy. That is I, that's everybody's guy. I've met him in person too. We you see him at all the Browns games. I've seen him at the facility because my my brother's a season ticket holder. So um, you know, he's he's a good dude. He's got a good family. That's the type of guy that you wish you would have made the playoffs when you had him, you know. So about for this team in 2020, the Cleveland Browns, like as a Steelers fan, I look back on um, the last couple of years. One of my favorite aspects about the Steelers was the connection of Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. What about this Browns team to you as a fan this year, John, is your favorite part about it? The run game, you know, Baker Mayfield's play, maybe Kevin Stefanski. If you had to pick a favorite aspect of your of these Browns this year, what would it be for you? Well, it's, I think if I was if I was asked this question maybe the beginning of the season, middle of the season, I'd say number 24, Nick Chubb, is just the run game is so fun. It's AFC North football. You know, it's, it's, it's a run-first mentality. It's what people in Northeast Ohio, it's what we live for, man. Run the rock. We've been saying it for years. It's something that they said last year, and Freddie Kitchens didn't do it. But I will tell you, when the season is all said and done, and you're looking at an 11-5 and record, to be excited about a possible, again, my opinion, Maybe some are on the fence, but the possibility of a real franchise quarterback in Cleveland, I mean, it's hard to find franchise quarterbacks in the first place. And Baker Mayfield has been so exciting in his progression, you know, the the rookie touchdown passing record, and then having a really bad year last year to Stefanski probably reviving his career and him looking the way he has. I'd say it's my that's probably been my favorite moment is to watch him progress week after week. And, you know, he's looking like, such an all-star almost at some point you're like almost amazed at what he's able to do and it's just because of what we witnessed before and what we're seeing uh john let's talk about uh baker mayfield a little bit more and this is a guy that over over the last month month and a half maybe two months or so he's been on the money for the most part i think other than the, the couple of fumbles in the jets game i mean if you watch the difference between baker mayfield and the first pittsburgh game and then going forward the rest of the season, I mean, we, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I know you, you said you've listened to the podcast. I said that they should bench him after the Pittsburgh game because I just didn't think he played that well. And to that point in the season, despite the record, I didn't think he was the reason why the Browns were there. But 
it seems like everything is clicking for the guy now. And I mean, he's one of three quarterbacks and I don't remember the exact stat, but with a, a certain amount of touchdowns and a certain amount of yards in each of his first three seasons and the other two are very high profile names. So this is a guy that maybe isn't getting enough credit that, that he deserves. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had essentially, you know, three head coaches, maybe a fourth head coach if you want to count, you know, uh, Greg Williams is the interim head coach. He's had three or four different offensive systems now. You know, a lot – I would say maybe just a handful of guys in Cleveland at the bars were probably thinking, you know, Baker Mayfield's going to be the guy because for a minute there, even the national media, everybody's perspective was that he, you know, was a bust and he wasn't going to be the guy. I do think, though – you kind of had to get rid of last year and the year before and just clean slate. And it seems like the coaching staff really did break him down to the studs, treat him like a rookie, make him think and understand that the last two years don't mean nothing anymore. This is the offense that you're going to run. It's There's got to be a learning experience. There's going to be a learning curve and you got to figure it out. And I, I really, I do think that he's kind of taken on that role, especially after that Steelers game. I was a little worried too, but I think, you know, just give him time. He figured it out. Him and Stefanski are starting to, you know, be that awesome head coach quarterback duo that we've kind of waited a long time for. You were also a strong advocate, and I know we, we talk a lot about this during the season, uh, that Baker Mayfield in this offense is better without Odell Beckham Jr. I would imagine you still you still feel this way, or did your feelings change at all on that? No, I still feel this way. Um, I, I saw it from rookie year to his second year. I think, I think we were all excited, including myself, that Odell Beckham Jr. shows up in Cleveland. He's a phenomenal talent. I don't think anyone is saying that he's not a good talent, right? I just think, as, you know, second year, it didn't look like it was going to work. And maybe if they were going to move on into, this, into the third season with Baker with that same offense, maybe. But this type of offense, man, it's a run-first offense. You know, it's, it's a three-tight-end set. You have two monster backs. To be honest with you, that first half of the season felt very Odell-centric. It just felt like when Baker would drop back, he's not going through his progressions. He's not going through his reads. He's thinking, where's Odell? Where's Odell? That Cincinnati game, that play, the, the, the play where Odell you know, tore his ACL to win after and seeing Baker just light up Cincinnati's defense and winning that game at the very end with the go-ahead touchdown, there was just – it just didn't make sense. There was no chemistry between those two. It felt like it was being forced. And quite frankly, it felt like Stefanski was opening up the back catalog of the playbook. Let's be honest. It just felt like that playbook became so much more interesting and so much more creative. And it didn't feel like they were always keying in on Odell. John, I want to shift to this matchup. Um, it's no secret now the Browns have had some COVID issues. And Kevin Stefanski, the play caller, is not going to be uh, on the sideline for this game. What's your level of concern? Uh, and it's also interesting, too, with a Pittsburgh connection, Alex Van Pelt will probably be the, the play caller, former Pitt Panthers quarterback. Uh, what's your faith in him, and what's the level of concern without having Kevin Stefanski on the sidelines? There's a huge level of concern. I mean, I think Stefanski is really, you know, he has been that bright spot. He has been the glue to hold this thing all together. When I was talking about the roster, Stefanski was brought in to change the culture and he was brought in to make it work. You know, six and 10 last year with the same roster, now 11 and five, and they look so different. I'm concerned. I mean, it, it sucks in a way. I mean, you, you don't want to see, you don't want to see that happen, but do I think, you know, AVP, do I think he can get it done? I think he can get it done. I mean, there's a lot more than just Stefanski being out, including, you know, Bill Callahan's 
he's out and his, that's the offensive line coach, great offensive line coach. That kind of hurts us too. But I do think if it doesn't look good for the Browns right now, but I think AVP can get it done. There, there's a possibility for sure. There are a bunch of defensive guys that are still on the COVID list or, or hopeful to come back for the Browns. But I think the biggest name for me this week has been Batonio, the left guard. And with Cam Hayward coming back, how big from your guys' perspective? I mean, you watch that guy play every day. And uh, being a former football player yourself, you would obviously have a little bit of more of an idea than maybe some of us would about offensive line plays. That guy is awesome. And how big of a, how big of a loss is he on Sunday? It's a big loss. Um, you know, I my girlfriend's actually met Joel in person. Great guy. Just want to, you know, put that out there. He's a great guy. He's a great player. He's a pro bowler. I mean, he's been here. He's the longest uh, tenured Brown, actually. He's been here since 2014. He played next to Joe Thomas, too. He knows the system. He's been here for a long time. Right now, I, if I'm not mistaken, the backup is probably Nick Harris, who is a center that they drafted rookie in the fifth round, is probably going to be playing for him. And that hurts. We don't have depth on offensive line. And this offensive line has really been such a key piece on the Browns' success this year. Even just one guy out, it's, again, it's not the end of the world, but it's not going to look like how it typically looks like. I mean, Joel is a very big piece of that offense. John, if there's one guy or a, a position group, uh, just give us an X factor for Sunday night. Number six. Um, you know, I, I, I do know that Nick Chubb wasn't used a lot within the first game. You know, last week they, they didn't they didn't use him a lot, and he wasn't there for Pittsburgh the first time around, you know, due to an injury. But I do think the secondary is just so – it's it's not good. And I think Big Ben's going to tear it apart. And when there comes a time, especially in that second half, when maybe the Steelers are up by, you know, one, two, three scores possibly, unfortunately we can't run the ball anymore. We're going to have to throw a lot more. And there are hard times where Baker can do it. He puts on his back, and there's times where he hasn't. It's going to be – it's the best defense in the league, let's be honest. So it's – I would say after halftime when they come out, the X factor is going to be number six. You might have spoiled my question for keys to the game. If you had to pick one or two for the Browns, do they both flow through Baker Mayfield as well? Absolutely. I mean, I again, I think Nick Chubb, you, you want to run him, but it, it's going to turn into – it's going to turn into a shootout. Absolutely. What's your prediction, John? My prediction, um, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be 31-21 Steelers. We won't rub it in, I promise. If the, if the Steelers win, we're not – not you. There might be some Browns fans that we rub it in on, but we are excited for you. And first off, thanks for coming on with us. And we are excited for you guys to get – at least I know I am excited for you guys to get to watch this team in the playoffs because it is – at least we've only been two years for us to, to watch it. So it has to be exciting for you guys. Yeah, uh, and again, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. This is this is phenomenal. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I, I was making a joke before the show. I typically, when I watch the games, I'm standing up and I'm staring at the screen and I'm I'm sweating and I can't eat and I'm going crazy. And this is the first time where I'm really just going to sit down, relax, and just just enjoy the ride. I, I would say if you didn't have any of this COVID stuff and Stefanski was on the sideline and Denzel Ward is healthy, Ronnie Harrison's healthy, Jules healthy, everyone's playing in the game. I'd still sit here and tell you, well, Steelers have been there, done that. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback, their head coach. I mean, I know a lot of people in Pittsburgh might not like them. People in Cleveland have a different opinion. They really like, you know, Coach Tomlin. I would say with the experience, the Steelers should win this game. Then you throw all the COVID into it, and you can't make excuses, but it's 
it's not looking good. And so that's why I really do think it's going to be 31-21 Steelers. Well, I can promise you that the way it sounds that you are when you watch games, you're not going to be just sitting back and relaxing this game because, hey, I've been categorized as looking like I'm going to have a stroke watching Steelers games before. So we're, we're going to see how this goes down on Sunday. But that is uh, John Silviti, Waynesburg University graduate friend of ours and a lifelong Browns fan with us here on episode 50 of the Come On Network podcast. We've got his pick. When you guys return, we'll have our picks for you as we close out episode 50 of the Come On Network podcast in advance of Steelers-Browns Wild Card Weekend Sunday Night Football for a spot in the divisional playoffs. More next on the Come On Network podcast. You heard John Silviti's pick. Thanks again to him for joining us on episode 50 of the Come On Network podcast. Let's turn the tables over to our panel. Let's go through our picks for this football game before we give you a little bit of a broad look at Wild Card Weekend. Went back and forth on this, but I'll go Steelers 28-17. to 17. I think the Browns are able to score a little bit in this game, uh, but the Steelers, uh, I'm banking on Ben Roethlisberger looking good off the rest, so an 11-point win on Wild Card Weekend. I'll go Steelers 23, Browns 14, and it won't be as close as that score would indicate we talked about why the Steelers should win this game. And I don't really have anything to add on to that. What I would like to say is that it's really a damn shame that this matchup doesn't have the level of intrigue that we would have fought a Steelers Browns playoff matchup would as we had the last 18 years to imagine that scenario, obviously COVID-19 and the fans in a normal circumstance, we'd be getting ready to at least tailgate, if not go in the hind seal Sunday night. So that's one thing. The Browns not being at full strength is another. And as Don said early on in the podcast, anything can happen in the NFL. We know that. Um, I'm not ruling out entirely that this could be um, a close game, could be something that goes down to the wire, but I don't see that happening. I see a fairly easy and comfortable Steelers win, which for us as fans, as fans of the Steelers, that's great, especially – for our stress levels to be able to have a win with as less as minimum minimal drama as possible and move on to the next round. But honestly, I've wanted to see a Steelers Browns playoff matchup for this for quite some time. And I'm disappointed that it's not as juicy as I guess I, and a lot of other people I'm sure probably envisioned it being. So I plan on writing an article on this uh, topic, by the way. So stay tuned for that. But, uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, it kind of feels watered down um, to what we hope the Steelers Browns playoff game would feel like coming in. Baker Mayfield, we've talked about it. He's a good quarterback, and for the Browns' sake and, and all the misery they've had at that position uh, since the franchise was brought back into the league, uh, I hope he re-ups with Cleveland, and I hope that the Browns can have a stable quarterback situation moving forward, not just for three some years. He's been playing good football. But Kyle, you mentioned it earlier in the episode. This is his first playoff game. And you see that picture on Twitter, the Baker Mayfield cycle. I don't, I'm not, I'm going to not try to paraphrase it because I don't know it very well, but it's essentially like the cycle of Baker Mayfield. What it translates to is inconsistency. And while he's been playing really good football and especially down the latter half of this season, he's a young quarterback who's known for his inconsistency playing in his first playoff game. You take that element with the fact that they've only practiced three times or whatever, two times in the last two weeks 
uh, and their injury situation with Olivier Vernon and their COVID situation uh, with some other players and even their head coach, plus TJ Watt, plus Cam Hayward coming back, who they didn't see last week. I think you get a game similar, not quite as drastic, but similar to the first time that these two teams met way back at Heinz Field in, in uh, the towards the beginning of the season. I go Pittsburgh 30, Cleveland 10. I think that's a little bit wide of a margin for me, and I've already kind of stated the the cases as to why I think this game is probably leaning towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're about a touchdown favorite right now, I think, as it stands on Thursday night. Give me Pittsburgh uh, 24, Cleveland 14 in this game. I think the Browns are going to be able to put up some points, like Donnie said, and get some scoring drives under their belts, but the Pittsburgh Steelers with a little bit more rest and a great pass rush against a depleted offensive line. Uh, is going to be the difference in this football game, I think. And I think the Steelers are able to force a couple of turnovers, which could be very big in this game as well. Uh, we don't have a ton of time, but let's look at the wild card weekend in general, guys. Uh, maybe if there's a point or two you want to make, uh, there's six games. This is the first time ever we'll have six games in a wild card weekend in the NFL with the the expansion to seven teams in each conference being in. And I don't think there are a ton of intriguing games this weekend, quite frankly, as, as we head towards this weekend. It's, Super wild card weekend, Kyle. Super wild card weekend. Uh, that's a dumb name, by the way. Just call it wild card weekend. Well, it's not like, it's well, not like a one-time thing. Uh, regardless, uh, I'm pumped for two full days of playoff football, one, four, and eight. Uh, best game, I'll say Baltimore and Tennessee is probably the best game we see this weekend. Uh, the worst game will be the one following that, Chicago and New Orleans. I'm interested to see what the Buffalo Bills are able to do against the Indianapolis Colts. Buffalo has won its past six games by 10 points or more. I don't know if Buffalo's my pick to win the Super Bowl, but I, they're my pick out of the AFC to get to the Super Bowl. I haven't decided between them and Green Bay uh, who I expect to take home the Lombardi Trophy. I know it's real original um, having my two favorites be the two one seeds, but uh, Buffalo's the hottest team in football right now. I think they are uh, kicking the hell out of people, not just winning. They're really making a statement against their opponents. And as you said, uh, Kyle, not too many great matchups, but I am interested to see if Buffalo wins this one rather easily or if Frank Reich and the boys can keep it close. Yeah, I haven't filled out a bracket yet, but I might pick Buffalo to win the whole thing. They are world beaters. The one game I will focus on this wild card weekend, uh, and it's getting a little bit of hype considering that the fact that the Washington football team has a very, very good defense against a 43-year-old Tom Brady. I think this boils down to both quarterbacks. I think it boils down to Alex Smith and Tom Brady because Tampa, while Washington's got a great defense, Tampa leads the uh, the league in rushing yards uh, defensively, rushing defense per game at 80.6 yards a game. To me, that translates you got to rely on Alex Smith to beat you, and if I had to pick between him and, or Tom Brady, I'm going to go with the six-time Super Bowl champ. A lot of people think Washington stands a chance. I do not. Yeah, uh, the football team might cover, and I know Donnie's picking them to cover when we go through our picks, but I'm intrigued to see what Buffalo does like you guys are. I'm intrigued by the defense of the Los Angeles Rams and what they're able to do to Russell Wilson, and I'm really intrigued by the Baltimore and Tennessee game, a rematch of last year's divisional round between the Titans and the Ravens, and I think a game the Ravens are going to go on the road and beat the Titans, but I know... 
Donnie's going to get mad at me because Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs. But uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I have beating the Titans as of right now. And we'll see what else happens in these six games. And keep in mind, you can watch a game on Nickelodeon this week when the Bears and Saints do battle before the Steelers and Browns on Sunday Night Football. That is it for episode 50 of the Come On Network podcast and our latest Steelers preview. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network, C-O-M-O-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. And you can find us on the web at comeon.network, blog stories, features, columns, hot takes, the pod episodes. You can learn more about our team and shop our merch collection at comeon.network. And find us, subscribe on your various podcast platforms, episode 51 will be Steelers reaction that will be released Monday at 5 a.m. Until then, stay safe, go Steelers, and come on. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.